Hello, and welcome to Creative Writing Out Loud, your place to hear the latest fiction and poetry from America's creative writers. I'm your host, Alexander Smith. CWO is edited and produced by yours truly, and new episodes are released every Tuesday. Stay updated on our Facebook page and by visiting creativewritingoutloud.com. Stay tuned. On today's episode of Creative Writing Out Loud, you'll be listening to Crazy Grandpa by Mark Tulin. Mark Tulin is a retired family therapist from Philadelphia who now lives in Santa Barbara, California with his wife, Alice. He spends most days writing poetry, short stories, and doing yoga on a stand-up paddleboard in the Pacific Ocean. He has published in the Santa Barbara Independent, Family Therapy Magazine, Smokebox.net, Fiction on the Web, Elephant Journal, Page and Spine, and at hubpages.com slash at Mark Tulin. His website is www.crownonthewire.com. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's get started. Crazy Grandpa by Mark Tulin. Copyright 2016. If there was ever a son of a bitch, it was Grandpa Ike. He would tell you that to your face if you were bold enough to ask. Even in his 70s, he was tough. He had a big round head like a watermelon and a wide body like an old Pottsville Maroon football player. He'd sit on his favorite reclining chair smoking a stogie, dressed in his work clothes with an old pair of Oxfords without laces. He sent me to Smokey's to pick him up a box of Conastigas. It didn't matter if I was too young to buy cigars or that I didn't feel like walking up a steep hill. He'd call me a little fucker and raise his wooden cane if I refused. Here, he'd wave a dollar. You can get a bottle of pop for yourself. He knew I bribed easily, but I would have gotten it anyway. He was my buddy. We were in the same boat. He never had much of a family, and I lost mine when I was four. We were comrades of abandonment. When we were watching old black and white movies, he'd say, I know that guy. I used to play darts with him at the Eagles Club. I smiled and thought, there's no way he knows Gregory Peck. When he was sitting on the porch, he'd shake his cane at the kids riding by on their bikes. I like watching their scared little faces as they pedaled as fast as they could back to their mamas. An irate parent came to our house once and threatened to call the cops. Grandpa Ike stood up and took a giant swing at her and barely missed. When Aunt Minnie heard the commotion, she hurried outside. He has hardening of the arteries and he's senile, she explained to the woman. I'm sorry, he doesn't know any better. The woman told Aunt Minnie that she had a relative with dementia. But the next time something like this happens, I'm calling the police. Go ahead and call the cops, you old battle axe, Grandpa huffed. The lady just ignored him and walked away. He always got the last word in. Come on, Cadiddly Hopper, we're going for a ride. He drove an old Studebaker with a stick on the column, plush, gray, foamy seats, and far wooden accents on the dash. It was an old car, but solid like a tank. I was only nine years old. I didn't know that Grandpa drove like a maniac. It didn't matter if he had dementia or was a chronic alcoholic. If he asked me to take a ride, I did. 
Even though Grandpa didn't use his turn signals and never came to a complete stop at a traffic light, I trusted him with my life. I love Grandpa's crazy behavior. There was something about his cocky, brash attitude that I related to. He might have hated Aunt Minnie and most of the universe, but I knew he liked me. Son of a bitch! He hollered at an old lady walking too slow across 2nd Street. He showed no mercy. He wanted people to know that he was no chump. His attitude of distrust reflected his homeless years when he lived in a cardboard box on Minnersville Street and when people used to tease him and toss empty beer bottles at him. When Grandma kicked him out of the house years ago, he never recovered. He quit working, stopped taking care of himself, and became a hobo. Go fuck yourself, he said to a guy who blew his horn. Grandpa wasn't afraid of anyone, not even the police. He was never pulled over by the police or got arrested. The cops in Pottsville love me because they're just as bad as me, he used to say. He took a drag from his stogie and wiped the sweat off his brow with his handkerchief. He laughed and flicked the ash from my hair. He was happy when he had a little booze in him. He'd drive down from Laurel Boulevard, pointing out people that he thought he knew. See that guy? That guy was my friend from the Dusselfink. And that guy with the hat played poker with me every Friday night. I knew it was bullshit, but I wanted to believe him. That's where my poppy bought me my first pint of ale, he said proudly, pointing to the Yingling Brewery on Monhantago Street. Then he'd get hungry and take me to the Garfield Diner, where he treated me to a hot roast beef sandwich covered in brown gravy. Hello, Ike, said an old waitress. What have you been up to, you big lug? She bent over the counter and poured him in a cup of extra black coffee. Who's the kid? And snapped open a bottle of Coke and put it in front of me. That's my little cadiddly hopper, he announced. Fine looking boy, she told Grandpa Ike. He doesn't look anything like you. After I finished my hot roast beef, the waitress brought me the biggest banana split I ever saw. This one's on the house, she said. Your grandpa's a good man. I couldn't eat the banana split fast enough. Aunt Minnie didn't want me to drive with grandpa anymore. It's too dangerous, she said. He shouldn't be allowed to drive anyway. My uncle looked up from his plate of knockwurst and sauerkraut. Let the boy go with him if he wants. It will teach him how not to drive. That's not funny, Leo. That man doesn't have a license. Uncle Leo was not such a good driver either. He must have taken lessons from Grandpa because he had a glove compartment full of unpaid parking tickets. Aunt Minnie looked at me. Maybe you should go hang around with the kids your own age. I don't know anyone around here, Aunt Minnie. All the kids I know live on the east side of town. I lied that I wouldn't drive with Grandpa. He and I secretly left the house each morning in Uncle Leo's 57 Studebaker. He'd often let me steer while he had a stogie in his mouth, a quart of beer and a brown paper bag and his cane halfway out the window. We laughed, cursed, and made fun of people like the badasses that we thought we were. Things got worse for Grandpa. When Aunt Minnie fell asleep on the sofa waiting up for Uncle Leo, Grandpa came down the stairs wearing only his t-shirt. He began to rub himself and groan. She woke up and was horrified to see Grandpa's old gray penis in front of her face. She jumped up and ran to the kitchen, grabbed a carving knife, and went after poor Grandpa. 
When she looked at his scared face, she thought better about it. Get the hell upstairs, you old son of a bitch! That was the last straw. When Uncle Leo stumbled through the door, Aunt Minnie got in his face. She told him that if he doesn't get his father out of here soon, she's going to leave. I didn't know where Grandpa would go. I remembered once they tried to get him into a nursing home, but he messed up the interview by threatening to punch the director in the face. Nobody wanted an old man who was as brash and bad-tempered as Grandpa. Grandpa told me that in 1894, he came to Ellis Island in a big ship and a boat full of other Russian immigrants. He said he was born on the ship when the Chinese flag was up. That makes me Chinese, Grandpa laughed. I knew he wasn't Chinese, or that he wasn't born on the boat, but I love listening to his stories. When did you meet Grandma Ida? I asked. I met her in Pottsville in 1918. She was working at her grandfather's variety store, Greenberg's. She had bright red hair like Lucille Ball. I couldn't keep my eyes off her. She didn't like me at first, but I had to have her, and waved his cane high in the air. How did you manage to get her to like you? I wore her down. She was tired of me bothering her at work, so she finally agreed to go out. Where did you take her? We went to a club to see Tommy Dorsey. She was impressed and thought I had money. Little did she know that I was a junk dealer. Grandpa laughed, bringing up Flem. Used to have horse and a buggy back then and loaded it up with metals to sell to factories. It was a lot of work to make a few bucks, but I got by. She always felt I wasn't good enough. She wanted me to change. Told me not to go to saloons or hang out with my cronies. Wanted me to stop selling junk. I just couldn't do it. He wiped his runny nose on his sleeve. She got mad and kicked me to the street with nothing but a suitcase and some clothes on. That was one of the rare occasions when Grandpa told me about his life. He was either cursing or too angry to get to know. When he opened up, I felt his pain and sorrow. The calluses on his hands and feet reflected his hard life. And things got even worse. Uncle Leo went into Grandpa's room, a forbidden place for most people. The room smelled of alcohol, urine, and dirty clothes. The linoleum floor was spotted with poop streaks and dried spit. His shoes and clothes were stuck in the same dresser drawer. Only when Grandpa was out of the house could Aunt Minnie mop and sanitize the room. You're going to have to move out, Pop. You can't live here anymore. I didn't touch her! Grandpa hollered. All of a sudden, she came after me with a knife! Start packing. You're going to the Davis Hotel. Like hell I am, Grandpa shouted and waved his cane at Uncle Leo. The next thing I knew, Uncle Leo walked down the steps holding his bloody nose. He's getting the fuck out of here tonight, he told Aunt Minnie when he got to the bottom of the stairs. Uncle Leo loved his father, despite Grandpa being a lifelong drunk and never showing him much attention growing up. It wasn't easy for Uncle Leo to drop off Grandpa at a hotel in the middle of the night and leave him all alone. But there was really no other choice. As it turned out, Grandpa didn't have it so bad at the Davis Hotel. He would sleep on the dirty sheets with his shoes on, stuff his filthy underwear in the drawers, and walk around naked. He could be as crazy as he wanted to be, and no one would ever know. Drinking eventually caught up with him. One afternoon, he tumbled down the stairs, losing his grasp on the banister breaking his hip 
and having a heart attack at the same time. The ambulance arrived too late. His heart stopped. There was alcohol on his breath and a stogie nub in his mouth. His broken cane lay beside his broken body. He was 78. Before he died, Aunt Minnie and I would often stop at the Davis Hotel and see him sitting on a folding chair with his friends, Rusty and Johnson. They both were old drunks like him, who reminisced about the bar fights they had and the floozies they conquered. I'd wave to him and shout, Hey, Grandpa! He was always happy to see me. I couldn't help thinking about the times when we drove around Pottsville doing anything we pleased, breaking traffic laws and shouting at people out the window. I kept an old picture of him holding me when I was a little baby and putting me on the hood of his truck. He was so much happier then. Aunt Minnie let me out of the car to give him a few dollars and a pack of clean underwear. He proudly introduced me to his friends. This is my grandson. He's a fucking Cadilly Hopper. His friends would say that I was a fine-looking boy and ask me why I had so much hair and my grandpa so little. He'd take a drag from his stogie, run his hand over his bare scalp, and just laugh. Welcome back. You've been listening to Crazy Grandpa by Mark Tulin. We hope you've enjoyed it. If so, please help spread the word by leaving a five-star review on iTunes or the social media platform of your choice. If you are not already a subscriber to our mailing list, visit creativewritingoutloud.com to join. Stay informed and get access to special subscriber-only opportunities. Are you a writer or poet? Want your work featured on the podcast? Send your submission to info at creativewritingoutloud.com. Music is by Yellowchair. This podcast is copyrighted 2016. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for more creative writing.